Welcome to the Script Bits Podcast for Tuesday, 26 September, 2023. Our bit today is taken from Genesis chapter 44, verse 4b, which says, Wherefore have ye rewarded or repaid evil for good? I, friends, I'm not sure exactly what kind of day we are going to have this autumn Tuesday in my neighborhood because they are telling me about it being partly sunny and they expect high winds soon. But what I do know is that right now it's a glorious day out there filled with sunshine and decent temperatures for this time of year. So I will rejoice and be glad in it like the Bible tells us to do. And now a little prayer to remind us of God, God's goodness. Please pray with me. The light of God surrounds me. The love of God enfolds me. The power of God protects me. The presence of God watches over me. Wherever I am, God is. And all is well. Yes, my people. Isn't it just wonderful to know that wherever we are, God's light, love, power, and presence are constantly with us, looking over us and protecting us? It certainly is. Now, let's go to that intriguing drama that's Brother Joseph's story. We left the saga yesterday where Brother Joseph sees his brothers seated in his house and his heart yearns so much for his youngest sibling, Benjamin, that's his mother's other son, that he goes into his bedchamber and cries. Now the emotions are beginning to run free. The Bible then tells us, and he, that's what Joseph, washed his face and went out and refrained or restrained himself and said, set on or serve the bread. And they set on for him or served him by himself, and for them, that's his brothers by themselves, and for the Egyptians, which did eat with him by themselves, because the Egyptians might not eat bread or could not eat food with the Hebrews, for that is an abomination unto the Egyptians. And that comes from Genesis 43, 31 to 32. Ah, <laughs> Lord, even the midst of supposed good relations, there's still always separation. Brother Joseph eats by himself, his brothers by themselves, and the Egyptians by themselves, because by man's foolish and ungodly tradition, it's not fitting for them to all eat together. No wonder there's still so much anger and resentment in our world if we can't even do a simple thing like break bread together. But the Bible continues, and they sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth. And the men marveled or looked with astonishment one at another. And he, that's where Joseph, took and sent messes or servants unto them from before him. But Benjamin's mess or servant was five times so much as any of theirs. And they drank and were merry with him. And you can find that in Genesis 43, 33, 34. Brother, 
the drama is surely ramping up now. They're all eating together, but separately. And there are all sorts of thoughts and undercurrents present because no one's sure of what's really happening. Brother Joseph has opened up some, but is still playing his cards close to his chest. The brothers, meanwhile, don't have a clue what's going on. And though they are eating, apparently joyful on the outside, the ever-present fear of trouble is still only a heartbeat away. And the Egyptians, watching this strange encounter, what are they thinking, eh? Who knows, though? <laughs> now, here's some interesting information from the scholars. They say, as per verse 33 above, and they sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth, and the men marveled one at another. At the dinner, the brothers failed to leap to one logical explanation of his, that's but Joseph's behavior, considering his concern for Jacob, their father, in verse 27, his affectionate favoritism for Benjamin, in verses 29 to 34, an exact knowledge of the interlocking sequence of births of these sons of four mothers that you can find in verse 33. And yes, those things should possibly have said something to the brothers, although when you are filled with fear, your mind doesn't always work properly. But I find one concern in the scholars' statements above there. How do we know that it was Brother Joseph who seated them according to their birthrights? Eh? Perhaps it was just natural for them to sit at table in that manner, since that kind of tradition was very important in those days. Anyway, the scholars continue. The fact that Joseph had the brothers separated from the Egyptians in verse 32, that says it would have been an abomination unto the Egyptians had they not been separated, suggests that this was a native Egyptian pharaoh. If it were Hiskos king, that's a non-native Egyptian, most likely he would not have demanded such discrimination. Evidently, the Egyptians had a deep hatred for Asiatic shepherds, and you can find that they reference it to chapter 46, 34, and Exodus 8, 26. Then they continue, verse 34 suggests that the brothers were not jealous or resentful toward Benjamin because of the preferential treatment. Thus, they seemingly had a change of heart. But Joseph was going to test them. Yes, friends, although everything seemed hunky-dory, yes, it seems somewhat hunky-dory on the outside, more alarming situations were in the offing. No wonder the good library continues thus. And he, that's brother Joseph, commanded the steward of his house, saying, fill the men's sacks with food as much as they can carry, and put every man's money in his sack's mouth, and put my cup, the silver cup, in the sack of the mouth of the youngest, and his corn money. And the steward did according to the word that Joseph had spoken. And that comes from Genesis 44, verses 1 to 2. No, but Joseph is certainly not making it easy for his brothers. But who knows why he's setting these traps for them? Is it a matter of deep revenge 
or simply playing games to show them how their actions can have rebounding ramifications. Nonetheless, the good book says, as soon as the morning was light, the men were sent away, they and their asses or donkeys. And when they were gone out of the city and not yet far off, Joseph said unto his steward, Up, follow after the men. And when thou dost overtake them, say unto them, Wherefore have you rewarded or repaid evil for good? Is not this it in which my Lord drinketh, and whereby indeed he divineth, or practices divination? Ye have done evil in so doing. And that's Genesis 44, verses 3 to 5. Army people, Brother Joseph certainly wasn't easy enough. But who can really blame him after all the trials and tribulations he had suffered because of his brother's evil machinations? And if God spares life tomorrow, we'll continue looking at how that most important story in the good library plays out. Now, let's declare, yes, we spell declare right there. Let's declare or choose the mantra, letting all and sundry know to whom we belong, lock, stock, and barrel, yes, as one strong and sincere voice. In God's eyes, I'm not what I do. I'm not what I have. I'm not what people say about me. No, I am the beloved of God. That's who I am. And no one can take that from me. I don't have to worry. I don't have to hurry. I can trust my friend Jesus and share his love with my immediate neighbors, as well as with the whole wide world. Glory be my people. And now, having made that declaration, all right, we spell declaration right too. It's now our bounden duty to go out and share that amazing love and friendship of Christ with others so that they too can come to know and love him like we do. Much love. And the postscript for today says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And that's the gospel truth, friends. That's what Psalm 133 verse 1 says. And the good book doesn't lie. So please, let's get together now, man. Despite our color and our looks and whatever differences we feel we have, let's live together in unity because we are supposed to be all one in Jesus Christ, one body. So please, in Jesus' mighty name, let's live together. And we pray that that's going to start happening as of today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Much love, my people.